This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushduni. Chapter 14, When Confession is Not Confession. In a decadent culture, all things are warped and often become a caricature of themselves. For example, comedian George Carlin was quoted recently in defence of some foul-mouthed comedians. Carlin defends a comic's right to offend. Quote, Comedy is a socially acceptable form of hostility and aggression. That is what comics do, stand the world upside down. End quote. In the past, among other things, comedy has been an affectionate and tolerant view of human foibles, one's own and others. Not so now. Humiliating and putting down others is basic to much current comedy. The decline of biblical standards leads to the exaltation of evil and the legitimization of things previously forbidden. Thus, the Two Live Crew, a rap group, uses lyrics which Governor Bob Martinez of Florida described as clearly obscene and pornographic. Quote, It's brutalising women. It's bestiality. They're not innuendos. They're raw words, so raw that none of the print media have even reproduced them. There's nothing redeeming about it. End quote. The response of Ira Glasser, Executive Director of the American Civil Liberties Union, was notable. Quote, in order to prosecute anything for obscenity, you have to show that it is without any artistic merit and that it appeals to prurient interest as determined by community standards. A record that has sold 1.7 million copies must have some artistic merit, and it seems absurd to suggest that any of this violates community standards when Andrew Dice Clay's albums sell in local record stores, X-rated movies play in area theatres and penthouse is available all over the place. If you wanted to arrest people for using this language, you could go to any schoolyard in Browood County. End quote. Without agreeing with him, one must say that Glass's point is well taken. If, as the Supreme Court holds, the community and not God's law sets the standards, then Glasser has the better argument. Where humanism prevails, all standards are man-made and radically flexible. It is necessary to see this in order to understand what has happened to confession. One work of fiction recently based its plot on a confession. A criminal, knowing that a priest had stumbled on his plan to commit a major crime, confessed to the priest and thereby bound him to silence in order to be free to commit his crime without interference. But is confession without contrition and repentance really confession? Is it not rather in itself a further sin? 
Is it the will of God that a godly pastor be bound while a sinner continues in his way? This is not at all. Some of what passes for confession is a form of boastfulness, of bragging. In the mid-1930s, I knew a girl, a nominal Catholic, who believed in a form of confession while being contemptuous of priests. Being unchaste, she had much to confess, and she relished confessing her inability to resist sexual temptation. When a young priest made a fumbling attempt to entice her, she turned on him with feigned shock that a priest would say such a thing. She then emerged from the church laughing. From my own experience, priests are more often sinned against than sinning. Confession as a form of bragging is common. To excel in virtue has given way to excelling in vice. Beginning with the Romantic movement, the hero as sinner has become more and more commonplace. Such pseudo-confession requires a human audience, whether of one or of a multitude. Ghetto youth boast of being bad dudes, and young men from affluent homes regard it as offensive to be described as good, polite, or a gentleman. Let us look again at Glass's statement. For him, artistic merit is determined by the fact that a record has sold 1.7 million copies. Of course, we can say that social merit is determined by the same criterion. If a few million Jews, Chinese, Ukrainians, Cambodians, Armenians, or anyone else are murdered, does the mass scale vindicate the massacres? Does it then have social merit? Is violence done only to the body and not to the mind? If society sets the standards or the boundaries of what is acceptable, no standards or norms are then possible. If the centre of law and society is man, then the changeable will of man ensures that no norm can stand. A humanistic order is thus inescapable disorder. This is why, in a humanistic culture, we must be wary with respect to confessions. If not followed by a change of life, they are not confessions, but boastings. A good indication of such a false confession is sometimes a prefatory comment. Quote, I'll probably shock you by what I'm going to say. End quote. The desire, is, the desire to shock is basic to George Carlin's view of comedy. It is also an important factor in false confession. True confession is more than the mere confession of sins. One can hear such confessions everywhere, from bars to airline flights. Valid confession is to God through Christ. Whether in private prayer, or to a pastor, or to a priest, it is to the Lord, because the damaged relationship is primarily to God. Changes have taken place in confession from the early church to the present. A central change of concern to us here has been the shift in the consequences of the confession of sins. Thomas J. Bingham has described it as a challenge to, quote, lenient, has, descri has described it as a change to lenient and precatory instead of severe and penal penances, end quote. The change to lenient and precatory was significant. Precatory means supplicatory. It is an indication that, while the requirement of confession remained, the importance of restitution gave way to the performance of various penitential exercises. 
Repentance was changed to mean no longer a radical redirection of one's life, but a verbal exercise. St. Paul has this to say about repentance. Quote, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to, to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold this selfsame thing, that you sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all these you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. End quote. From 2 Corinthians 7, 9-11 Paul contrasts godly sorrow and repentance to ungodly sorrow and ungodly repentance. The difference is that with true repentance, a radical change takes place in a man's life and action. The Corinthian church repented of its sins, punished the evildoers, made amends to Paul and sought to be clear in this matter. Their repentance had substance to it. There is no valid confession where no change occurs. This is the end of chapter 14. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.